Enter a quarterback from Stanford who turned the tide on nastiness in the NFL. Oh, nice hit, man. I love that Andrew Luck congratulates the other players when they sack him. Nice time, boy. Etiquette to football where there's violence. Good job, big boy. A little home. Ah, big strong man, nice. Yeah. All right, nice play, buddy. Good job, buddy. You sacking me all. Uh, great job, Zoe. Good job, Cam. That might be like a reverse psychology thing. It goes a long way. I mean, I've seen guys that actually have, like, man, you're great. You know, appreciate you not killing me. And next time they get that shot, it's a little bit more of a fair shot. I think it's great sportsmanship, and I think it's really cool. I mean, it's funny sometimes. I know, buddy. Good job. <laughs> Nicest guy you'd ever meet in your life. So you can't, you can't, there's no conflict situations with him. I can't imagine anybody getting it's into an argument. borderline creepy sometimes how nice he is. Well, hold on, thanks. Elvis, appreciate it, man. Uh, I think it's weird. <laughs> All right, this is an emergency edition of the Back Judge podcast. We had a shock retirement last night of Andrew Luck, and the boys got together to talk about it, and Lee is wearing his Andrew Luck shirt. He is one of the bigger Andrew Luck fans that I know, so uh, you can you can have the floor here. Um, appreciate that, Clep. I'm sure that everyone, uh, every fan of this podcast, every fan of the NFL – um, sports in general was pretty shocked when they heard the new, news last night. A guy six years into his career, obviously had some injury history in the past, but uh, 29 years old, almost 30, um, hanging the cleats up probably six or seven years before we any of us expected him to, even with the, the injury history. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know Andrew Luck personally, but obviously I stand behind this decision. I'm, I'm assuming he was definitely going through a lot mentally on top of already the physical pain and uh and just the like he said in his in his press conference the 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 um cycle of of pain rehab uh playing injury pain rehab injury or playing then injury and um I just kind of wanted to take a moment to you know you don't get many moments like this this is probably the biggest uh, uh most shocking retirement I've ever been a part of in my young sports fan career and uh, I want to take a moment to, to tip my cap and say thank you, Andrew Luck, for providing us with the, the, uh, you know, the entertainment and just the ability to watch a professional like you take the field. Um, it was an honor to do so. We all know the level of talent you could have played to. We all know that uh, you, know, you were an elite quarterback who was on the, on the brink of really – um, you know, making his case for to be a Super Bowl champion and to ultimately chisel his resume even more than he already had in his six years of playing. Um, I think that I don't want to ramble on too long, but I just think Andrew Luck is one of the most honorable people in the league. I think that this is definitely an extremely hard decision for him. And I think that he's, he's just a class act. And he's the type of guy that any GM of any franchise would love to have as their starting quarterback, not only because he's an incredible player on the field, but because he's a really smart guy. He's really well-read, and he, uh, he's making an informed decision here that I'm sure, like I just said, was hard for him. But um, I stand behind it. I think that I just want to be here to say thank you to Andrew Luck. And, and you know, even it's kind of similar to Calvin retiring after 10 years. Obviously, Calvin didn't have nearly as bad of an injury history and, and, and kind of hung him up on his own terms. But just as someone where 
even as you know, as a Lions fan or as a Luck fan, you can't even. I don't even take any time to think about why is he doing this or whether or not it's 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 a, a selfish move or anything like that. I think that's all just just uh, whitewash. It's BS to me. It's all it all should be put to the side. This guy's clearly dealing with stuff. He's a Hall of Fame level quarterback, putting up Hall of Fame numbers six years into the league, and he's hanging up the cleats. And I'm sure that. If you sat down at a table across from Andrew Luck, he'd have a more than genuine explanation for everything that he's done, and um, just wanted to, you know, just wanted to thank him for, for, for ever since his days at Stanford, just being, um, being just an incredible player who, uh, you know, showed did did the position the right way. And I mean, if you haven't seen or watched his press conference that he did last night, I mean, all this news broke wildly during the Bears Colts preseason game. And, if, you know, fans were finding out in the stands. Even the players were somewhat finding out uh, on the field as this was happening. Uh, and his press conference that he did after the, after the game, even though it wasn't what he really planned, was um, pretty, like, raw. You could tell that he was, um, you know, emotional about it. But you could also kind of tell that, at least right now, that he feels really confident about what he's doing. Um, and so, I mean, if you haven't had a chance to watch that, highly recommend just, it's like 15 minutes or so just, you know, watching that. And, um, it is, I mean, it's definitely surprising, but at the, at the same time too, this whole off season, it was like kind of a quiet storyline. It's like, Hey, luck hasn't even like practiced yet. And it was kind of hanging over our entire like Colts prediction. Um, and now that it's official, it's definitely like also a shock to the Colts who, I mean, Ryan Grigson may have like ruined this man's career just because of all the hits that he took early on. And now that he finally has a, a good head coach and, and Frank Reich and competent, you know, management with Chris Ballard and the team there, that now he's retiring. It's a huge blow to them. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's really shocking. And I was going to touch on that a little bit, uh, Adam. Just the fact that this guy took the Colts teams that he took to the AFC Championships and into the playoffs early into his career. We're just god awful, and it just really showed you what type of talent this guy was. Obviously, he was heralded. I mean, this dude's just a legend, man. And I just think back to, you know, him playing at Stanford back in you know 2011, uh, 2010, and and I, me being the USC fan that I was. Obviously, that hit on Sharice Wright when he uh, threw a pick or it was a fumble. I can I forget the circumstances, but you're Andrew Luck, the quarterback, just going in and, and decking. The Sharice uh, Wright, who 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 got the turnover and was trying to run it back, and it just shows you that this guy really kind of transcended the position, was the consensus best quarterback prospect since John Elway, and maybe now that uh, you know Trevor Lawrence is up next to to take that mantle, but Andrew Luckman was just a special talent, a special person, and uh, I mean it really sucks, man. It really just sucks. That's all. Uh, that's all I really can can say because. It was just a joy to watch this guy come back last year and have the season that he did and prove a lot. I mean, around this time last year, you know, Lee especially and myself as well, we were really, you know, harping for Andrew Luck. Obviously, the Colts, they they were putting it together. They drafted Quinton Nelson. And last year, I think, was just the first in a long run of the Colts being the head dog in the AFC South. And it's, it's that's all it comes back to, to me is it's just a shame, man, that we're not going to be able to see – uh, the rest of this story play out the way that it really should. And if we're going to take a short trip down memory lane, Clep, I'm sure you'll remember one of my first games uh, feeling like a Lions fan was back, I want to say, in 2013 
when uh, Luck came yeah. to Detroit um, <laughs> in a game that I thought was – all the Lions needed to do was tie that bow on top of the game with, with two minutes left, the batted down ball by – I forgot, was it was it batted mostly? I don't know who it was back, in, back then, but had the easy pick, batted it down, and then Luck got the ball back and just executed an absolutely beautiful two-minute drive and ended up scrambling in, I think. For a game, when he, yeah, he passed it to Donnie Avery on on fourth and goal as, yeah. as time you were, expired. You were there. I was at you? I was at the you game. At the game. Sitting, yep. My father and I were sitting on the goal line, and uh, I you know I picked that game because I was like, hey dad, I really want to go see Andrew Luck in his rookie year. It's not you know the AFC teams only come to Ford Field once every you know eight seasons, and you know they, they make a thirteen point comeback with two and a half minutes left in the game, and you know we're sitting right on the goal line where Donnie Avery runs across. Cliff, Cliff Averill chucks his helmet. And uh, my father declared that he would never pay for another Lions game until they won a playoff game. And, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could, we could make a whole podcast episode about, you know, Andrew Luck highlights in history. But uh, the guys, like Tommy said and like I've said, special, special player on and off the field. It just, I mean, man, it just sucks. It's hard to really put into words. And, and the fact that he got booed off. Lucas Oil in his last last yeah, game is it's just classless. That's classless. So embarrassing, man. That is just I'm, I'm I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to respect Colts fans. And I don't think it's that hot of a take to, you know, I guess if you assume health, I think there's there's not really a doubt in my mind that Andrew Luck would have overtaken Peyton Manning in that franchise as as their yeah. franchise quarterback. And I mean, I know that might sound crazy right now, but he was putting up better numbers in Peyton Manning in in those seasons and was dealing with awful injuries in a worse team for the most part. So just goes to show you what type of talent this guy was. And, you know, my, one of my first fantasy team names was Andrew Luck, a sloth man. And, you know, like mm. he just has, he has such a big part of, of, you know, Lee and I's and, and Adams too, our, you know, our football, our young football fandom. And just, he was that the first guy, you know, it was, you know, it's just sad. Let's talk about what this kind of means for the AFC South now, because if I'm not mistaken, all of us picked the Colts to win the AFC South. And I don't even know if I'm like ready to make a, prediction yet the way I was kind of thinking about it was that okay I think Deshaun Watson is now the best quarterback in the division I still think Frank Reich is the best coach in the division and I mean I like the Jags now maybe a little bit more because I thought that while I think they're competent I don't know if they they weren't I didn't think they'd be able to match the the firepower of of a luck team but and I, I still don't see the Titans as contenders, maybe. But at the same time, they've won nine games the past three years, right? I mean, they they're a winning team, so you can't really count them out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I'm honestly kind of leaning towards the Texans, maybe just because of the fact that Watson is there, and I think he's an elite player. But I, I can't. I don't. I'm not quite sure. I uh, just off top to to I guess lubricate the conversation a little bit here. I'm gonna make a prophecy. Um, no team, no team in the AFC South will win more than nine games. This is gonna be a division where the I think the division winner is going to win nine games. That's a ceiling I think for any team in this division. Right now, I'm feeling like the Houston Texans probably have the best chance to break that prophecy or to or to win nine games and then finish first in that division just because of the of the quarterback position and you know obviously it's very sad but at the same time man Deshaun Watson it's time for you to step up and and and, you know take that elite status 
and, and go out there and win games you're not supposed to win. Go beat New Orleans week one. Go, how about you beat the Patriots week 12 this year when they come to your house? If you can start winning games like that, even with the, the subpar to bad offensive line that your team has, your, your, the brass of your team has constructed around you, if you can still you know, work your way through that in that division, I just think that this is where Deshaun Watson can kind of rise up and, and take this division by the horns. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately, although it pains me to say it, by Bill O'Brien two or three more years of being a head coach because that's what he's done since he came in the league is by Bill O'Brien time. And I think that he's just going to continue to do that this year. They don't, I don't think they have an out-of-this-world roster, but I think their roster, all things considered, between Nuke and Deshaun, obviously the loss of Lamar Miller is very big, but I'm just thinking more of the aerial attack and then the, the, the players they have on defense between Watt and Merciless. I, I think that this is kind of the team that, in terms of top-end talent, is, is, the, is there to stay in that division. So I see the Texans um, winning probably nine games this year and, and ending up at the top of that division. Um, not to go on too long again, but just with the Jaguars, man, I just feel like with the personalities on that team, I don't really know what to think. And I think ultimately it's going to lead to them dropping games they're supposed to win and winning games they're supposed to lose. Um, and I can I can see the Jaguars maybe coming around nine wins, but I, I think more realistic for them is eight. I think Jalen Ramsey is tired of that team. I think he's going to leave. I think if they start losing games, that the locker room might get ugly. Um, Leonard Fournette has a lot to prove in his third year in the league. I, I mean, he's not exactly the greatest personality in the room when it comes to leadership and staying the course. And then this is Nick Foles' first year as a as a you know starting quarterback, bona fide, paid money, starting job guy. Um, and I don't know if he has the receivers around him to really help him, uh, you know, make a playoff team. I like D.D. Westbrook as much as the next guy, but that's another unproven player. Um, and their offensive line isn't great. Looking for big things out of Josh Allen. And then I've disrespected the Titans kind of all offseason. I'm interested to see, Tommy, if this changes kind of your course on the Titans because you've been the biggest Titans guy on this podcast probably. But I still see them in, in kind of a mire of mediocrity that uh, Mariota nor Ryan Tannehill can get them out of. Not that they have a bad team. They obviously got some, some bangers. Maybe the best defense in that division. But, um, yeah. but I don't know. I just think the quarterback situation is too slippery in Tennessee for them to consistently win games. No, I, I, I agree with you completely, Lee. Um, I, uh, I think I'm leaning towards the Jaguars, to be honest. We, Lee and I kind of talked about this a little bit last night, and I really see the Texans last year as that kind of being their ceiling. I think that, you know, they're, obviously their front seven is a year older. Their secondary, they lost Kareem Jackson. I think their secondary is a big hole. And, I, you know, Deshaun, ja I mean, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is, you know, I, th I can fully expect him to take that elite mantle. But it really just comes down to my lack of faith in their front office and the way that they've constructed this roster. Uh, if I'm them, you got to go get Trent Williams now. The fact that he's on the block, and I really think that'd be huge for them to taking that next step and and being that top dog in the division, get a, a you know one of the best left tackles in the in the game. I don't care if you have to give him a first round pick. I think you could get him probably for a second. You know, um, give him so, Titus Howard in a first round pick for Christ's sake. No, no you can't. Um, yeah, but the so Houston, I obviously see the top end talent there, but I just don't think they're as complete of a team, and I don't I. And I don't think they're as safe as a bet as the Jaguars, in my opinion, because I think the Jaguars, to me, are a little bit steady Eddie. I think I completely agree, Lee, that the personalities, uh, if, if things go bad, it could just blow up like it did last year. But I'd like to think that Foles, despite not being a top-end quarterback, just kind of brings that 
leadership and being able to, you know, steady the course and keep these guys together. I've heard reports supposedly that he's been great from a leadership standpoint for this team, and it's really what they missed. And I like the the receiving core. Uh, I think you know it is a little unproven, but Marquise Lee is a guy that we haven't you know really talked about who was great the past couple of years and tore his ACL last year in preseason or training camp, I forget, and he's coming back. So you got uh, D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, uh, you know, DJ Chark, who is looking to make big steps and has had a nice little training camp in preseason. So uh, the Jaguars just seem to be where I'm leaning. And the Titans, I mean, yeah, I have been a little bit of a Titans believer, and I really think that they're a franchise quarterback away from being a, a big top dog. Like if they had Deshaun Watson, I think this is a Super Bowl contender, really. Um but, you know, I just think that the fact that there's a co quarterback competition going on between Tannehill and Mariota, it's just too much uncertainty for me on, in both Houston and Jacksonville, I mean, in, in Tennessee. And then to touch on the Colts quickly before I, I hand it over to Clep, I don't think that the, I think, I mean, I don't think it'd be crazy for this team to win the AFC South. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, has to prove himself as, he's a guy that is arguably the best backup in the league and is going to be a free agent after this year. So he has everything to prove you know if he, if he could be the long-term option in Indianapolis I don't think it's crazy to think I don't he's not you know he's probably what 26 or 27 uh, and and has looked to be a very good game manager type quarterback with athleticism and can extend the play and this team has a really good offensive line they have a nice young defense a nice receiving core uh, so I think that uh, I and also Lee I'd like to co-sign onto your prophecy I think this is a nine win winner yeah. of the division I just think they're all going to kind of eat each other alive and I'm going to take Jacksonville but I wouldn't be surprised if any of the other three teams kind of rose to the top yeah I mean the, you're, you, to bring it back to the Colts that's an interesting point I'm just not ready to trust Brissett with that level of, of I mean I'm just not ready to trust him like that I think I'd probably take Foles and Watson over him. And, I mean, whether or not he's better than Mariota is still up for discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not, I'm just not ready to let – I mean, I think, like I said before, I think Frank Reich's the best coach in the division. I'll probably, I'd probably put them maybe ahead of the Titans in third place. But at this point, especially with, I mean, this news, it's like it's pretty – it's got to be pretty devastating to that locker room. I know all those guys are going to stand by per set, but they understand that – Andrew Luck is their Super Bowl quarterback. And yeah. kind of the expectations for the season, no matter what the coaches say, no matter what the players say or the management say, like you, you got to just know that you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that's, that's, that's kind of, I don't know, I think the Colts will definitely deal with some maybe, you know, mental things going on too with coming from this news. So I think there's no way Brissett leads this team to more than seven wins. I think their schedule's too hard, and they play too many marquee games. And I think this is a division, particularly with what we've talked about, you know, prior to all this, where they're just gonna. I think all these teams are kind of gonna eat each other alive. And I, I have trouble seeing Deshaun. If I have trouble seeing Deshaun Watson separate himself, then there's no way I'm gonna, you know, hop on board to see Jacoby Brissett lead this team to nine or ten wins. I just, I just don't really see that as a, as a realistic. Uh, option. Not to interrupt you, Clap. No, no, I was, I was, I was good. Yeah. Um, I, I just, well, just go ahead, Tommy. Well, I was just gonna say, I think you could just see all these teams kind of falling short of their own expectations, and therefore just like eating themselves alive and being an eight or nine win team, having a home playoff game like the Texans did for three years. I think we could just see a return to that potentially. So it's just my final takeaway. Um, just to wrap up this podcast. What do you guys think the chances are that Andrew Luck returns to the NFL? 
I mean, last night, I before I saw his press conference, I was kind of thinking like, okay, he could take a year, probably two years off, maybe three, and come back and be 32, 33, 31 years old. And I mean, the guy is just such a smart player that despite, you know, maybe his physical tools failing him, I just think that in this in today's NFL, he could be still very successful. But after watching that press conference, man, I just saw someone who just was kind of a little bit broken. You know, he just just it was obviously emotional and it just and the, and the way that he got booed off, there's just such a sour taste right now, I think, in in my mouth and his mouth and plus all the injury context that he brought in. I just think this could be – and something that Lee and I talked about last night, just this guy doesn't necessarily need football like a lot of the other people. Um, the, the majority of the players in the NFL supposedly wants to go travel the world. I saw that. And this it seems like he has a lot of other interests outside of football. So I'm just going to come down to how, how bad he wants to – you know, what's that competitive fire in him looking like and how, does, how much does he value a Super Bowl. So I, right now I guess I'll throw it at 50%. Yeah, I don't know. I guess this first year is going to be big in determining whether or not he's going to come back because he's going to find out how much he loves it when he's when he's really away for it, from it for a year. Um, my gut feeling right now is that we're not going to see Andrew Luck strap the helmet on again. That's kind of just my gut feeling. I just think yeah. time's going to go by and we're going to kind of be expecting it maybe in two years, but it's never really going to happen. So I'm uh, I'm preparing myself to never watch Andrew Luck play football again, which is a very, very sad thought. But uh, I'm going to leave it to, uh, to be pleasantly surprised if, if he comes back. And I hope, honestly, I just hope he makes a decision for himself, man. If he thinks he can come back and play and he misses a game and he's healthy and he wants to give it another shot, I think that I, I'd love to see that. But I think if he's happy traveling and the guy just got married, uh, he probably wants to have some kids and be there for his kids. He's made nearly $100 million playing football. If he wants to just travel and, and, and hang out, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to blame him for that. I think that he's... Uh, He's earned that right, so I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna set it at I'll set it at like ten or fifteen percent. I really don't I don't think he's gonna come back. If they draft a quarterback this year and they you know move on from Andrew Luck, he doesn't really seem like the type of guy who's gonna go to another team, you know. And, and like I, I don't know, I, I just it's hard to imagine him not in the Colts uniform. And if for him to you know join you know the Chargers in two years or the Saints, it just I don't, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird, but you know maybe that's not relevant. How about the Patriots? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that'd be awful. That would that'd be, be so bad. bad. Um, all right, well, thank you, boys, for jumping on this pod early, early morning style. Got to get that uh, content out to our, our listeners, and uh, you know, big, big week coming this week. Last week of the preseason, and, and football's almost here. It's, it's getting exciting, even though with this news, um, you know, the NFL is still king. Still, a lot of players in this league that are fun to watch, and. Uh, it's, it'll be a good season. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Hello. This certainly isn't how I uh, envision this or plan this. Uh, but but I am going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life. Uh, but it is the right decision for me. Uh, for the last four years or so I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury, pain, rehab. Uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season, both in and off season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it. And the only way I see out uh, is, is to, to no longer play football. 
Uh, it's, it's taken my joy of this game away. Uh, and uh, this. Sorry. I've been stuck in this process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live. Taking the joy out of this game. And after 2016, where I played in pain and was unable to regularly practice, I made a vow to myself that I would not go down that path again. I find myself in a similar situation. And the only way forward for me is to remove myself from football in this cycle that I've been in. Uh, com come to the proverbial fork in the road. Uh, and and I, I made a vow to myself that if I ever did again, I would choose, choose me in a sense. It's very difficult. I love this team. I love my teammates, the folks in our building, the, the fans, the game of football. And, and as part of this team, uh, as, a, as a member of this team, and because of how I feel, I know that I am unable to pour my heart and soul into this position. Uh, which would not only sell myself short, but the team in the end as well. Uh, and it's sad, but I also have a lot of clarity in this. Uh, it's been a difficult process, uh, but my wife, my family, my friends, Mr. Ballard, Mr. Ursay, the Ursay family, and Frank Reich have been incredibly helpful, supportive, uh, and I'm so grateful for them.